I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the clusterfuck catching situation, and they will talk about moves that will never happen because they make way too much sense. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast. We're back after another week off. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you. A lot of people are pretty upset at the lack of Padre Podcasts recently, so we're happy to happy to provide one for you guys. I wouldn't know because I've taken a sabbatical from Twitter of late, so has anybody been making fun of me per usual? I haven't, I haven't actually looked. No, no. I mean, not that I've noticed. Other than <laughs> Not me, more than usual? Other than me DMing my buddy saying, hey, do you see that fucking selfie Danny posted? <laughs> Nonetheless. Danny, take a sabbatical from Twitter, but he is all over Instagram and Facebook. I love my daughter. Let's Good be honest. Lord. I like the likes that my daughter generates on my that's, Instagram. I think that's why it bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> it is so annoying. Yes. But anyways, uh, some things have gone on the last two weeks. We have... Uh, Urias. Urias is dead, damn it. Urias, Urias is dead. I have since checked out, for the most part. Yeah. I was going to say, before we start recording, you told me that... When Urias went down, that's when you stopped caring. Yeah. Which was, is understandable. I was like, God oh, damn it. I had the one the one thing that you and I had looked forward to all year. Yeah. And he lasted like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two and, weeks. Yeah, and uh, in Ortiz fashion, he blew yeah. out his hammy running down the first baseline. Yeah, so. I, just for just for uh just for reference purposes, I pull a hamstring about once every six weeks, so yeah. apparently it's an epidemic with all Mexicans. <laughs> As, Urias, as soon as he pulled out, they're like, oh, maybe he like ran into the first baseman and rolled his ankle. I was like, nope. Yeah. I knew it as soon as he pulled up lame. I'm like, That's a pulled hamstring if I've seen one. You know, he uh, down in El Paso, he was tearing tearing it up. And then when he came up here, he kind of struggled a little bit. Um, to be to, expected. To be expected, coming up to the highest level he'll ever play at. But um, a lot of people, I forget exactly who it was on Twitter, that came out and said, dude, I'm worried. I'm oh, worried about God. Urias. I think it was Hayden from the Los Hijos podcast. He's like, I'm worried about Urias, man. Like, uh, I'm, I'm worried, man. It's not looking good, blah, blah, blah. If you look at his numbers, his counting numbers, no, it's not great. But it was two weeks worth of yeah. it was two weeks worth of rate stats. I mean, we have to understand, like, here's the thing. It's like, it is September, so you do have to take the performance with a grain of salt for two reasons. Number one. September call-ups, you know, every team is calling up their September call-up guys, right? They're all calling up the re- the remaining 15 guys on the 40-man roster because they can and they should. It, it lengthens out your roster. You give guys some rest that, you know, you can lengthen out the bullpen. It's like that year that Renfro went off in that September. How yeah. amazing did he look? He's also playing against other teams' 40-man roster guys. So you kind of take the good and the bad with the grain of salt. Urias, it's in his first real tour. They're playing teams like the Mariners who are – I mean, for the most part, they're still kind of in the thick of it, right? You know, they're going to win 85 games or so. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're a good team. But he's also getting his feet wet against his first taste of major league competition. Like you said, highest level of talent he's ever going to play at. So 
to judge him on two weeks and say you're worried, I, I, if we were like four and a half months in, I'd be like, yeah, maybe he needs some time. Yeah. But I mean, I was the same guy that said, ah, Margot's fine. Just keep running him <laughs> out there. I don't care what he's hitting. He got nobody else. So his I'll, defense, just from the eye test, his defense was a lot better than I had thought it would be. Not I mean, me. <laughs> n- not, to, not to say that I thought he would be poor defensively, yeah. but just just watching him range into his left and range into his right, like he made some pretty some pretty spectacular plays. Indeed, he you know, did. I'm sitting there, I'm like, holy crap! Like I wasn't expecting this at all. I knew he was going to be solid defensively, but. Um, that just kind of made it hurt even more because when he went down, that's when Andy said, oh, yeah, we were maybe going to give him a look at shortstop. So, like, he was just about to start getting looks at short, and they were going to eventually put Galvis at second. But, hey, then, we got Garrett now. Down. Yeah, we have Garrett now, which is whatever. But um, been a nice play yesterday, Javi Garrett. Yeah, it, it, it really bummed me when Urias went down. I, I can see why people would check out once that happened. I mean, just kind of overall, like, Padre, Padre podcasts have come to a screeching halt. See, I haven't noticed because, like I said, I haven't really been on Twitter too much. And partly because, and I told you this before we started, like, I get a lot of the Padre talk and a lot of the Padre convo on Twitter, but because Urias went down and I haven't really been... I mean, I, I've checked into Mejia's at-bats, but I have the MLB app. I can just wait till the game's over and watch the condensed game and get what I need out of that. So, I really have... And they suck anyway. So, other than Hosmer finally hitting the ball in the air, which, way to go, Eric! Yeah. Way to go, Eric Hosmer! I knew you had it in you, because, damn it, he's hit like five home runs in the last two weeks. Cincinnati, but, but sure. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, he hit the ball off the Western Metal Building True. the other night. In Renfro territory, and he's left-handed. But, I mean, other than that, like, there's not really a whole lot of interesting things to talk about. So, I've kind of checked out. So, I didn't know that the podcasts were like... Are there, is there still This Week in Padres Twitter? Uh, well... <laughs> when was the last time one of those was posted? Last we heard was Marver was taking the reins on that. Oh, well, I, I guess think we won't be getting one of those for yeah. a while. Yeah, that's going to come out as soon as the Man- Keith Law Manifesto comes out, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know uh, Make the Potters Great Again is doing a weekly one. They took a week off, but yeah. uh, for the most part, everyone, I mean, the Kept Faith has slowed down. Wait, 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 real quick. Is Leisure Fryer okay? Is <laughs> he alive? Mad. He's mad, man. I, I feel bad. Leisure Fryer is mad. The Kanye Potters at the DMV, and he was begging for podcasts, and he had nothing. So he had to, <laughs> he had to listen to, to old media, as, uh, <laughs> as uh, Stephen Woods was delighted to have that listener. But... You know, it's it's just it's apathy, man. Apathy is setting in, and it's just I don't know. I even for a guy that I usually find myself at the end of the seasons trying to take in every single drop of baseball I can. I don't care if I miss the games. Yeah, that it, sounds terrible. This is awful. It sounds terrible. I, I actually and I got chewed out for this. My dad had was offered tickets to go to tonight's game, and my mom texted me and said, "Hey, I can get tickets. Do you want to go? Like me and you can go." And I'm like. Nah. <laughs> it's like, well, I've I've really been wanting to go. I'm like, I don't know. Take take your sister or take you know your brother or something. I'm like, I I don't want to go. <clears throat> Why? They're terrible. <laughs> and, and I'm glad I didn't go because I Mejia's mean, not starting tonight, so I had no reason to show up and watch. Like they're just they're just awful. They always say like the worst part of like an end of a relationship, which is this what it feels like. It's the end of our relationship with, with the, the 2018 yeah. Padres. Yeah. They all say it's it's not when the person hates you, right? And you're arguing. It's when they feel apathetic towards you. That's when it sucks. Yeah. And that's where we're at with our broken up girlfriend, the Padres. We broke up with them, and we don't hate them anymore. We just don't care. Yeah. And Danny is an expert at ending relationships. So. I'm actually an expert at feeling apathy towards me <laughs> and being, you know, where the Padres are. But speaking of Mejia, he's not starting tonight. Surprise, surprise. But yeah, walk off Grand Slam on Sunday, Monday. Take a seat. Yeah, take a seat, meat. (laughs) Ride some pine, baby. Ride some pine. But let's get some first impressions because he's been up for a couple weeks now, just about. He came up uh, shortly after uh, Urias, which was kind of a surprise. We didn't think he was going to come up so uh, quickly in that playoff hunt. But 
Um, he did come up. He's played a bit. Had a nice debut showing, other than that stupid pinch hit at bat. Um, I'll go with you first. What are your thoughts so far on Mejia, offensively, defensively? Uh, I mean, defensively, there's been a couple. There's been a couple balls that got past him where I'm like, ooh, bro, that doesn't look good. Yeah. And I don't know if I mean maybe we're spoiled with hedges because. I know I've talked a lot of shit about Hedges. Defensively, love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. Um, So seeing Mejia defensively, you can notice the drop-off. Now, there's a couple people on Twitter today, Jesse Fritz and David Dodd, whose opinion I respect, you know, the the highest, highest of praise that I have uh, for David Dodd's opinion on baseball. But he says that uh, Francisco... uh, writer for the reader. Yeah, you can find his work on the reader. He says Francisco Mejia is not a major league quality catcher. I mean, I would disagree at this point. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the scouts that say that he is. <laughs> the arm. The arm is keeping me intrigued. Yes. The uh, stone hands, as Fritz calls it. I'll, we can work with that. I think you can teach that. We can though. work with that. The bones the bones are in place. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're building the, the structure, the structure's there. You just got to build around it. Like, he's... He's going to come around. I'm fine with what he's doing defensively. I love when people test him, and I love seeing him just get up and just unload the cannon, dude. Uh, but then offensively, it's like, holy crap, dude. Like, even that. 11% walk rate, Eric. Is 11%. It? I'm looking it up right now. I don't know if you saw my face because, like I said, I've, I've kind of checked Like I've checked in at his at-bats. I just haven't really looked at the numbers. It's only 11 games total. But he has, an, he has an almost 12% walk rate. Right now, he's sporting 241. Who cares? 353, 586. That's the on base and slugging. That's good for 52% above league average. Because he's a catcher right that now. That plays. Yeah, not only that, in 11 games per fan graphs, he's been worth half a win. So he's like the second best player on the team. But a small sample size aside, I agree with you. I think the defense, it, when you watch him, not when you watch him throw, when you watch him receive, it's like, uh, it's kind of like when Grandall came up, right? They're like, yeah. Because you and I were Grandall. Like, Grandall actually is a prime example of why I'm not worried about his defense. Yeah, because the end. Dodgers targeted Grandall eventually because of they felt like pitch framing wise, you know, he could probably be better and get them some strikes. So I think it's something you can teach whether or not long term he's going to be plus back there. I doubt it. But as long as he's serviceable, he's got the arm. We, I mean, we seen him unload on somebody the other day. He hooked somebody at second mm-hmm. um, on his front foot. Yeah. So. But then you look at the bat speed. Because that home run he hit off of Castillo, not the sec- first one that he hit the left. The second one, the 98-mile-an-hour cheddar. Yeah, 97 down and in, turns on it. <laughs> down at the knees. And Whew. he turns on it like it was nothing. That's impressive. It is very impressive. Even the home run he hit yesterday, it's like he just swats the ball. It's like he doesn't He doesn't look like he swings hard. It does look like he kind of just flails. Yeah. Like he's just trying to put the ball in play. And see, I didn't realize that he was walking that much. Yeah, I didn't Again, either. I mean, it's 11 size. games. Yeah, we, yeah, me neither. Yeah, we get it. But I, I didn't realize he was walking that much because in the minors, he didn't really walk that much. He has a lot of, uh, when I just kind of look at his stats, he has a lot of Josh Naylor in him in the in the sense of he doesn't walk a lot, but he doesn't strike out a lot. 20% at the major league level right now. I'll so he's, pull up his minors here. He's he's a guy that's going to put the ball in play. And that's, that's what I like to see. That's a huge change of pace from... Austin Hedges. Swinging to miss Hedges. Swing Who, miss. To Hedges. his credit, last I actually going into yesterday was about a league average hitter. I think he's got like a 298 on base. He's slugging like 440. I have said since we started the pod that if Hedges can put up a 300 on base and slug like 400, he's an everyday guy. And if this was Hedges now, we didn't. Yeah, but have, that was before we had yeah, Mejia. Yeah, exactly. If we didn't have Mejia, I'd be like, yes, yeah. yes, finally. Same. He's Same. everything I want out of a catcher. But at this point, and, and you know, you wanted to talk about. What do we do with the roster? Do you trade hedges? Do you just designate him as the backup? Which 
and I'll get into this more, I think it would be a waste, or do you split time, which I think would be an absolute waste for both guys. I think right now he is putting a lot of pressure because I do think that receiving is a skill. Like, yeah, Hedges was more advanced. He had a better feel for it, so it's easier for him because he was great defensively when they got him. But I do think it's a skill that you can learn as time goes on. And that bat, I don't think he's going to walk 11% of the time. I think his minor league yeah. career rate's like 5 or 6 but he, career strikeout-wise, he's less than 20%. So you're right. He's a contact guy. Yeah. I would say my one critique on him offensively, he swings at everything. He does. I would like but we know him. that. Yeah. You can look at the stats and you know he swings at everything. Absolutely. But I would like to think that as time goes on, as they work with him, they can teach him or at least ingrain it to him, look, you can swing at everything and just because you can get to it doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Go hunting. Yes. Be selectively aggressive, patiently aggressive, and find something you can drive and then swing. Because yeah. if he does that, he's going to be a monster. I think he's going to be an everyday catcher anyways. Mm-hmm. But if he does what Naylor did, where he made, that's the biggest adjustment for Naylor, right? It's not so much that he wasn't he couldn't hit. It's that he would just take what was given to him and go with it. This year, there was a change in that approach from what we've heard from Matt Fryers, John Conniff, in that it wasn't so much take what you can get. Now it's like, I know I can hit it, but I'm not. I want this pitch that I can do damage. If Mejia can adapt that mindset at the plate he's a monster yeah and i think you run with that upside thinking he could be an everyday regular possibly all-star level catcher if you can develop that so for me personally i love hedges i'm looking to see if i can kind of sell high on him a little bit the bat's not too much there but a league average catcher with that defense teams will take a chance on that i don't think you get a ton but i'm moving hedges and just keeping backups and just going mejia 100 120 times a year so I, I completely agree with what you said about Mejia. With Mejia, what I want to see him do, work yourself into a hitter's count and crush the cookies because you're, you're going to get them. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be serving steaks for you up there. Like, yeah. work yourself into a hitter's count. Like, yeah, I know I can hit that fastball in the outer half, but guess what? I, I'm probably going to roll over to second base. Yeah. You know, I, I might punch one strikes, through the five, not five. O and O. Exactly. Exactly. But work yourself into a hitter's count and then unload because we know he can make contact. We know he can make contact. He has the uh, the bat speed. Good lord! Oh my so, gosh, he might have the quickest hands on the team. Oh, I I I, would I be wouldn't bet again. I wouldn't give bet me some stat cast data, but yeah. I'd, I'd be willing to bet. Yeah, especially with uh, Franchi Cordero being hurt. I with hedges. So you would ship him out. You would play Mejia every single day. You would just trade hedges. I think hedges still has upside right now. If I'm looking at hedges' rate stats, and then you combine with the He's a, he's a close to mediocre hitter with above average defense. That's an everyday catcher, mm-hmm. which is what we wanted out of him. So I think he does have some value for a team like, I don't know the Rays minor league system that well. I know they're pretty stacked. I know they have a young catcher there. I don't know how far along he is, but this is the same organization that gave Jose Molina a starting job for a couple of years. That guy couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat. Hedges is a better offensive player than him. So I could see the Rays saying, yeah, we'll give you something like a lottery ticket type of deal or whatnot. We'll take a couple of your guys with Hedges as the main guy. I want more than a lottery ticket for Hedges. I don't know how much he's worth, though. Mm. I mean, I think he's he got to be, be worth something. something. He's got to be worth something. With that defensive league average It's a bat, shame they traded Man Andrews. Because <laughs> I think you work like, hey, we'll take your reclamation project for ours. We'll but. take Snell. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's <just> fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so what I'm doing... I'm keeping both of them, okay? And at this point, interesting. AJ Ellis is like, great, I'll just go fuck myself. You know what I mean? I <laughs> AJ Ellis forgot. came off the bat as a pinch hitter. I really, every time, I think I'm going to start paying attention to game Sweeney calls because he said something like, oh, the reason they're going with Ellis is because, you know, he's a veteran guy and, you know, he, he has the ability to hit the ball on the right side. And I so badly wanted to go on fan graphs and look up his pull oh, up God. the middle and other wave percentages and then tweet at Sweeney and tell him, you know, any idiot with a phone can look this up and you know, <laughs> and deem your opinion invalidated, Dunk, right? Dunking on Sweeney. 
I didn't do it because I didn't have the energy for it. But, I mean, he came up. I was like, dude, Ellis has, I mean, it's part-time, but he has some pretty decent stats offensively. And he's, Not bad. He sucks with his flaccid bacon wrist, but yeah. he's, like, buried right now. He's, yeah, he's... Rafi Lopez, I'm sure, is there in, you know, mind and body. Yeah, we all we all know Ellis is gone. But, dude, I'm keeping Hedges as a backup. You need depth. Like, you need, you need depth, you know, and I'm, I'm of the, uh, I'm of the crowd that thinks that catchers don't really do more than, what, 120 games anyways? Yeah, so, unless you're like Salvador Perez. Well, yeah, unless you're Salvador Perez. you're sacrificing Yachty. offense for that. Yeah, so what I would like to see, ideally, is I want to see Mejia start 100 games. We'll say 100 games behind the plate. Every single interleague game, he's the DH. Well, Actually, I don't know because then you have the log they jam DH, outfield. And they we'll, we'll talk about that. The other day, that was weird, that. dude. That was that's another Andy Green thing. Where yeah, they they had Mejia behind the plate. And I'm okay with that because DH. they have Ellis as the third catcher. Yeah, if they only have two catchers. It's an absolutely stupid move to burn your other one. Yeah, I think that there's there's in a perfect world, Mejia would start behind the plate in a hundred games. He would find a way to or. Green, and I'm putting a lot of faith in Green here, so I don't, I don't like my chances in this. <laughs> Find a way to to work him into another 25 games, whether it's DH, whether he comes in halfway through the game, whatever, late inning, I don't give a shit. Then in comes him out in left field, and I'm not sure how I feel about him in the outfield. I don't want to see him in the outfield. I don't want to. I don't want to see him in the outfield either. But unless the thing you is, think if, he's got a future out there, he shouldn't be anywhere near. If you need his bat in the lineup, though, where else is he going to play? He's not going to play third. He's not. See, this is why... I think that's intriguing. So maybe maybe you catch Mejia. Maybe you start Mejia behind the plate for 120 games. Yeah. Maybe 120 games, and then you have um, Hedges there. He's the day day game after the night game guy. He's the getaway guy. See, but I think you're wasting Hedges' value in that. Maybe you are, but so yeah. what? Like, what if Mejia goes down? Then you're fucked. Then you have Rafi Lopez behind the plate. Yeah, but you know what I mean, mean, then you're screwed. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. The only thing that you would have going for you if if Mejia goes down, but then if they can you just bring, bring up Austin Allen. Yeah, I know, but if you're iffy about Mejia's defense, you got a whole other thing coming to you with Austin Allen. He's a backup catcher. Who cares? I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch in the offseason. for me personally. I agree with because I think there's a way where you can keep both those guys. Like you see, um, other teams have had two catchers and have done just fine. Like you look at the Atlanta Braves; they have two guys behind the plate. They're splitting time. They're both. You're getting a lot of production out of the Who's catcher. Catch Flowers and Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, but those guys are like journeyman guys. I know, and you have two guys. You have two catchers here that are actual legit catchers, and so if you could do something similar to that, yeah, like yeah, bite off of other teams, bite off of the uh, Braves. I want to see the Padres, and I'm coming around to this idea. I want to see them bite off the Rays and start doing an opener idea. I've been telling you That's, that for years, you it's flip-flopping al- bastard. It's almost like opinions can change. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. It's, it's so crazy. I would like to see something like that. Um, You're going to give Craig Meddy a heart attack There's a way admitting you like the opener. There's a way that you can work them in and to where you can get them both enough playing time to where Hedges doesn't turn ice cold. You're not Buddy Black in 2015. <laughs> Getting Hedge's eyes cold, but, have like but you're also events. not playing him every day. I when agree. He is there. There's there's a way to balance that, and that's why I'm not the manager of the team because I'm not. Ex- I mean, my way might not be the best way, but Andy's got to figure that out. Or ideally, Rod Brahas has to figure that out. Yeah, I don't think Rod Brahas is going to see uh, time in the major leagues anytime soon unless Green's canned. In like I would the next like. To, I would like him too. We'll see. I, I I don't really care about the manager at this point. I think it's moot. Anyways, um, as far as what you're saying, I, I could see that. I'd be okay with it. I mean, I, it's not my first choice. I think Hedges right now is, is I don't know if he's peak value, 
But he's hitting at a clip where, respectably, you can put him in the lineup. Obviously, the defense is there. I think you shop him to see what you can get. If you don't like the deals, just say fuck it. Like I, I you should, don't have to trade him. I should pref. Yeah, I should say that everything that I just said about keeping both of them, I'm shopping the hell out of hedges. Yeah, you got to see what's what the market is. And if you're offered something and it's like, hey man, this is a good yeah, see ya. Yeah, like if you can get you know like I mean? a starting then pitcher just under figure control. It out. Yeah, figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Then you you live and die with uh, Austin Allen being your backup essentially. Yeah, and I mean they can always get guys that. like an AJ Ellis or Rafi. Like you can get respectable backup catchers. Bring Renee Rivera back. He was loved here. Yeah. So. I'm not worried that my issue is that, and and this isn't so much like to fault Andy Green. It's that when you have a catcher like Austin Hedges, I feel like it's like when Rene Rivera was here, right? Like you have a catcher that the pitching staff is typically going to like. I feel like that's the guy that's going to get somehow, some way, is going to find his way to more playing time. Rene Rivera being here and then befriending the pitching staff fucked Grand all over. It did, and in turn, it really did. In turn, it fucked the Padres over because. Even though they got technically Matt Kemp for him, when you think name value, it's like, oh, yeah, great. But really, they didn't get shit for Grandal. No, they They didn't. got absolutely nothing. And yeah. they downgraded in getting Norris, who I don't think was better defensively. He certainly wasn't better offensively. He peaked with Oakland and then sucked here. And it's like, I'm afraid of that happening if you keep both. Because at some point, and we've seen this with Andy Green, right? You have Jankowski and you have Margot. Similar players. I like Margot much better than Jankowski, upside-wise. Jankowski, though, however, has somehow weaseled his way into playing every day, even though he doesn't really bring anything other than some walks and a punchless bat and amazing defense. He's a real lunch pail guy. <laughs> oh God, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got that one in. Yeah. <laughs> no pill. one on the team works harder than Jankowski against all odds. Yeah, it's against all odds. But it, it, it worries me that you get into that situation where like. Hey, Hedges is really good defensively. He works really hard. You know, yeah, I mean, he has got more upside, but he's struggling. And then they just kind of keep they kind of keep mixing Hedges in more and more. And then you get the situation where like Margot's buried in the lineup. He's not playing every day, and you're getting Jankowski out there. And then you get Mejia who gets buried in the lineup. He's not playing every day. He becomes a second string catcher, like Grandal became the second string catcher. I don't know if Andy Green would actually do that to his credit. Like he's been batting him. And he was batting Urias like at the. T- These are my one-two guys. These guys are getting the most at bats on the team. I, I did like that. I love it. I did like I, that. I wouldn't Green. bat fucking Mejia second to save my life off the bat. I'm stunned that he he's batting fucking leadoff. Yeah. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I didn't expect that. So credit Andrew Green. Way to do something right <laughs> for once. But I'm afraid that if they kept both, one or two are going to be favored, and it's not going to be Mejia because at the end of the day, the pitchers don't give a fuck how he hits. They want to know that he's going to call a good game and that they're going to call the game he wants them to call. Yeah. That's what fucked Grandal. He didn't call the game that they wanted him to call, that Bud Black wanted him to call. He had a different methodology back there. So Rene Rivera got to weasel his way into more playing time. And granted, he was great here, but where did that get the Padres? Nowhere. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think a factor into that, and like you know, being liked and, hey, this is why this is our guy. I wonder if, and maybe it sounds stupid, but I wonder if uh, a little bit of a language barrier yeah, comes into play. You know what I mean? Like these guys, they've been around hedges more. Well, not when Baez and Mora Hung come up, but we're well, far oh, away yeah. from that. We're good to go when that <laughs> happens. We are good to go. Austin <laughs> Hedges, via Condios. <laughs> Poor Bosley. Uh, I don't know what you're telling him, but go get him, folks. Yeah. So uh. part of me, part of me wonders when you say that. I, I never really thought of it that way. Like, um, yeah, I, I don't get it because I'm thinking Nicks, Lucchese, Lauer. They're all white. Let's you just know, be honest here. Yeah. They're all white. Milk toast. Like you know. <laughs> 
You the know, old boys club. Yeah, you know Lauer's not up there. This is the Lakeside Tennis Center. Club so, over there, and Poor Mejia's up there. Uh, throw hard. Yeah, I, I do kind of, I do kind of wonder, but at the same time, I don't think a guy's, you know, language when he speaks is going to hold him back from being the starter. But it, it's interesting it how it goes into play. It, if it, the if the starters become vocal and they're like, "Hey, man, I really want to throw to Hedges. Hey, yeah. that's my catcher." Like you see it with you saw it with Ellis and Kirsch and Kershaw. We fucking saw you know it with mean? Bud Black. I mean, yeah. literally, Grandal caught Ian Kennedy and like one other scrub. Yeah. And Tyson Ross, Andrew Kashner. Uh, I think I think Grandal got to catch Stoltz. But like they're actual like quote unquote good guys. The guys that we thought, hey, we have a chance to win. Shields, Kashner, Ross. Those were fucking. Those are. Well, I don't think uh, Shields was here for that. But those were Rene Rivera guys. The best pitchers they had, Cashner and Ross at the time. Those were Rene Rivera guys. Fucking uh, Kennedy, I think, got to throw to Grandal, but Grandal basically got scraps. Yeah. And I'm afraid of that happening because it depends on the kind of manager. Now, Bud Black was a pitcher, so maybe he related a little bit more. Yeah, but when you have a when you have a prospect like me, you have a young player like him, you don't really have that option. You know what I mean? Well, I don't really think you have the uh, option because I I think I think tell Mejia, that to Bud Black with Derek Norris here. I hate Bud Black. So do I, I. I feel like I hope the Rockies fail. I, I feel like Mejia, 162. But I feel like Mejia is more highly touted than Grandal ever was. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what I think. I mean, I think you're right. I, I think he is ranking wise. I'd have to look, but I think prospect rankings can be hit or miss because it depends on the depth and the minors at the time. You know, like you know, Tatis now is obviously always going to be number three. Is Mejia always going to be like the top prospect year in year out? Maybe, maybe not. But um, like if Profar was in this current class, would he really be ranked above Vlad Guerrero and Fernando Tatis? No. Probably not. No. You know, so would he have been ranked above Mike Trout and Harper? Probably not. Yeah. But So I think it varies on that aspect. But I think you're right. I think he's more highly touted. It's still going to come down to the manager making the lineup. So unless Preller, who knows, because maybe that's why Perella was in there so often. <laughs> unless Preller's coming in and saying, look, Andy, you need to play Mejia. Maybe he's telling me, oh, get Mejia and Urias at bats. I don't want him on the bench. I want them playing as much as possible. If you feel they need a day off, fine, but they need to be getting the majority of reps. Unless there's like a front office mandate, I could see it where if the pitchers become more vocal and saying, hey, Mejia's a great kid. Yeah, he can hit, but I, I hate pitching to him. Like, he can't. I'm not comfortable throwing a curve. You know, Jake Nix goes over there and says, hey, I'm not comfortable throwing my changeup because I don't think he can block it consistently. Like, I'm not comfortable throwing that, so I'm holding back. Fucking Andrew Green wants to win, even though his job's to help develop players. His job well, is his to job win. his job is to win, yeah. Yeah, his job's to win. So if he's fucking sitting there thinking, I have this fucking workhorse stud that I'm trying to develop telling me he feels like he has to hold back and can't go full throttle because he doesn't trust his catcher, fuck it, I'm going to throw the guy in there that he trusts the most because I'm trying to get the best out of this player. I can see that happening, and I would hate for that to happen because it's not going to help anybody. So It's just going to make us hate hedges, and I don't want to hate hedges. <laughs> Uh, that's so. You funny. know it'd be true. Yeah, you know it's true. That's so if funny. Hedges plays 120 games next year, Mejia catches 40. People are gonna be fucking furious. They're gonna learn to hate Austin Hedges. I didn't want to hate Rene Rivera. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. There's gonna be a lot of log jams next year. A lot of log jams. And then you see um, on Twitter, there's buzz coming on about the Padres looking at um, going all in on Manny Machado. And Very interesting. Yeah, really going after him and bringing him in, which I've heard nowhere else ever other than the Make the Potters Great Again podcast. I've never heard it other than from Craig and John. So I think it's really interesting that finally... We didn't, we didn't, we didn't bring that up? Never? No, I haven't heard it anywhere other than uh, Craig and John. So I think it's... <laughs> Maybe we just didn't record it. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I was dreaming. Anyways. Weird. So 
finally, people are starting to get on this train. We're like, hey, wow, look at that. The Padres have a lot of money to spend. Wow, hey, what's their need? <laughs> they oh. literally are not spending any money other than Hosmer and Myers, which combined to like, I don't know, $30 million next year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> 25 or $30 million, I think, is what they have committed to those two guys. Yeah, basically. So, like, the Padres, they're right there on the on the cusp, right? They they have these players coming up. They have money to spend. Tons of pitching it's to come up next tons year. Tons of pitching to come up. It's kind of the perfect storm to where, like, hey, now a guy like Machado really fits. Or does he? Like, his bat is going to fit. His bat is desperately needed. But then you look and you have Myers playing third. You're going to have Tatis at shortstop. You're going to have guys in the outfield. So you have uh, Framil, you have Franchi, you have Margot, you have Jankowski, and you have Reyes. That's a lot of guys. And if the Padres sign Manny Machado, well, Myers has to play somewhere, right? He has yeah, to he either can play, play somewhere, somewhere else. <laughs> he has to either play a different position in the field or he gets traded. So... I, I think it, it solves a lot of problems bringing in Machado, but it also creates more problems also. Because what if what if it's like, hey, there's not really a market for Myers, um, but we signed Machado, so we, I mean, we have to keep Myers because we're not getting any value for him. So, you I know, think you there is value for Reyes, and then you give up on Reyes, and, he go, and the young man goes somewhere and turns into a superstar. I don't think Reyes is going to be a superstar for play. I think the young man has a lot... A lot of promise. The future's bright for the young man. He does. All I'm saying. He does love the game of baseball. He does. He's absolutely a baseball player, tried and true. He's, yeah, he's very passionate about the game of baseball. Very. So. You can see it in his eyes. Now, as far as how they can market, I think you can market teams like. I don't mean to insult you, Jerry Depoto. I'm sorry, but dumb teams like the Mariners, <laughs> who have no farm system and need are in like this desperately win now window. If you eat enough of Myers' contract, I think he's marketable to anybody. Number one, he's hitting. And he's hitting well. He, I know he's he hasn't he's not going to play a full season this year because he just he hasn't been healthy. But it's not like he hasn't been healthy and he sucked like that year the the year before the Padres got him right. So the years before the Padres got him, his second year with the Rays, he didn't hit a lick, and then he got hurt. So his value was super low. The fact that they gave up what they gave up to get him is ridiculous because yeah. they overpaid True. considering production this year. Not so much. He's walking at a solid clip. He's got three ten on base. He's slugging four forty six. So he's not great, but he's okay. Um, he sucks defensively at third. He's not at third baseman. I'd love to see him in left field. It's so, small sample size, dude. It is, We've barely seen anything. It is, but I think he's going to suck for a while because he's literally learning to play the position on the job. It's not like you're taking a premier athlete, you gave him a whole offseason to learn it. Like with first base, right? Like he learned on the job, he looked okay, took a whole offseason, and then he came back and like, oh, this guy's actually pretty fucking good over there. Only third in the, third in the league in scoops behind Eric Hosmer and some other guy, whoever was second. So... It's not like you gave him that time, right? It's literally like, oh, I guess I'll start taking ground balls. Whatever. Yeah. It's like when they stuck D. Gordon in center field. Like, right. Go get him, champ. Good luck. Right. So obviously bad results were to come. But I do think he's marketable in that if you eat half his contract, depending on what you get back, I think he's worth it. Depending on what you get back, I think he's marketable. Well, I obviously think Renfro and Reyes would be marketable to a team needing like a left fielder or a DH. Like the Rays look like they'd be a good fit for like Renfro until he gets expensive, right? The guy yeah, who, they'll take some thumpers. They will. Right. I mean, they've got C.J. Cron right now. That's yeah. all he does is hit dingers. Yeah. And they got the – I forget the, the Korean guy's name, something Choi, I think, or something like that. He's a lefty. Wow. I don't know what his name is. Wow. I know he had a walk-off home run that was crushed a couple weeks ago. But, you know, they're a team that are like, yeah, we'll take the guy. He's not expensive now. Like the Oakland Athletics would yeah. love Hunter Renfro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they That's would love peak. him. Yeah. yeah you know, he peak. doesn't get on base a lot, but he hits a fucking ton of bombs. We'll just bat him sixth behind, you know, our other guys and hope to God. Yeah. So – I think you can market those guys. I mean, realistically, it's going to be harder to move Myers. You're going to have to eat more money. You might not get as much back. I don't think you're going to get a lot back for any of them. I'd be interested what the Yankees 
interest would be because I don't think Luke Voigt, even though he's hitting well, is the answer long term. And Greg Bird certainly doesn't look like the answer. He might have worn out his welcome at this point. Hmm. So I'd be interested, like, hey, Yanks, we'll lead half the contract. Do you want Will Myers? Yeah. So, I mean, if they sign Machado, I'd be knocking their door down for Andujar. If the Yankees sign Machado? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they got to find somewhere to put that kid, and they're sure. not going to have any place. So, um, but as far as Machado goes, yeah, I'm absolutely all in. I will. It's it's kind of like their their approach with Hosmer, right? Fucking sign him and worry about it later. True. I didn't agree with that approach. You got to get him in the door. Yeah, I didn't agree with <laughs> Let's that Let's worry about that first. But Machado, go give him fucking 10 years, 350, sign him, get him in the door, and then worry about what you're going to do with the other guys. Personally... Of the three, Myers, Renfro, and Reyes, I think Myers has the highest upside of those three guys. So maybe I'm holding on to him. Uh, and also, again, it's going to be harder to move him with the contract. This is why the DH would be fucking amazing in the National League. It would benefit the Padres. Yeah, but we more. don't have it. I know. And we're, we're probably not going to have it. So we have to realistically figure out what we're going to do. I think you shop Myers, Renfro, Reyes, and two of those three get jettisoned elsewhere. If they become stars, who gives a fuck? We'll have Manny two Machado. Of, two of the three. Well, you got to figure out because you still have fucking Cordero. And Cordero has nothing left to do in AAA. And of, the, of Myers, not Myers, we'll leave Myers out of it. Of Reyes, Renfro, even Margot... Jankowski, who's not really young, but Jankowski and then Cordero. You have those four controllable outfielders, cheap guys. Cordero, to me, far and away has the biggest upside. I think the only one up there with him is Margot, strictly because defensively he's already better than Cordero. But Cordero's right up there. I think Cordero of Renfro, Reyes, Cordero, the corner guys, he's easily highest upside. He, I would choose him over either of those two. So you got to figure it out. And I don't think you send Cordero down to AAA. I mean, what the hell else is he going to do down there that he hasn't done already? I hate the idea of getting rid of Myers. Because you know I love Myers. I do too. I've, I've been one of the biggest defenders of Myers. Good. To Good. the point where I've, I mean, there's You've other, lost friends. There's other things that went into me losing friends, <laughs> quote unquote, in that particular situation. But I have staunchly defended Will Myers. That being said, if... Machado comes in, costs us Will Myers. I will personally load him into a cannon and launch him into the fucking sun. Personally. Okay? And I love Will Myers. But, like you said, get him in here. Him being Machado, we'll figure it out. Well, let me ask you this. So you have... I I feel like... Cordero. It's kind of like the Cubs. Like the Cubs have all these studs and nowhere to play. Yeah. Right. Like they have um, Chris Bryant. They have Ian Happ. They have. Uh, well, they have more like Happ, Schwarber, Almora. Happ, Schwarber. They have Almora. They have Zobrist. They have all these guys and limited spots, but they're still figuring it out. They are. You know what I mean? So let's have that problem. Like let's have that problem and not have the problem of oh man, you know we have we brought up Garrett to see what he has, but guess what? We have. Galvis starting at short and Perella starting at second. Get the hell out Let's of the way, Let's not have that scrubs. problem anymore. Yeah. Let's have the problem where we have a lot of guys and we can't figure it. We have so many guys that we don't have enough spots. Here's here's my question to you in terms of figuring it out. Real simpleton way of thinking. Who do you think is better, Reyes or Renfro? I think there's a lot that goes into that. But just give me your answer. Reyes if I had Renfro. to pick one of them, and you're talking... Oh, Jesus. I know which one you're going to pick for reasons I will not mention on the podcast. <laughs> Well, I've always said that I love hicks that rake. <laughs> I knew it! I love country hicks that rake, okay. but I, I'm taking Framo Reyes, dude. I'm taking Hunter Renfro, and here's if why. If I have to go between those two, I'm taking Framo Reyes. I don't think Reyes is that good defensively. Renfro has a way better arm. Like, Reyes has a lollipop arm. For whatever reason, he doesn't throw very it's well. It's not accurate. His no. arm's not accurate. No, I don't even think he has any cheddar on it. It's just like, it's, maybe it's average. No, I, I mean Renfro. His arm is inaccurate. But he looks really good in left field. I will hand it to him. He looks pretty good in left field. I love him out there. Yeah. yeah. He's actually made some really nice plays out there. 
Um, I'm sure if I looked up the numbers, maybe it'd back it up on the eye test. But based on the eye test, I think he looks pretty good. Yeah. Now, so so you're going to take Reyes over Renfro. Because he's younger, I feel like the power is going to be just as hot. Um, the, the power is going to be just as strong with Reyes as it is in Renfro. And if there is a drop-off, it's not going to be much of a drop-off. And he's younger. It, it all goes to age. He's younger. He's going to have more control. I'm, I'm going with Reyes. I okay. think they're very similar. Perfect. I think they're extremely Perfect. similar. Okay. I don't need, that's just wanted you to pick one. Now, who okay. do you think is better now going forward, Reyes or Myers? Myers. Then you jettison those last two guys and you keep Myers. That's, I mean, it's a really simpleton approach, right? Yeah, but then you're expecting Franchi, in your scenario, you're expecting Franchi Cordero to stay on the field. He's been hurt, like what, one time? I don't know. One I, time? I, I don't know if he can stay if, on the field. If, you're, if your argument is that I think Reyes has more upside and that he's better now than Renfro is and because he's younger, then Cordero fits that too. Yeah. If he Reyes arguably has, more, has the most on yeah. the If Reyes has more upside outside. than Renfro, then Cordero far and away has more upside than Reyes. Because Reyes maybe I think Reyes might be more power because he's more power the other way, right? Renfro's like dead fucking red. We make fun of him all the time off the air with our yeah, Myers over there hitting the ball to right field like a wimp. You gotta pull it. You gotta pull the ball, right? Like we make fun of uh, it off air because that's all he does is just hit balls to center. I field hate and these left. scenarios, dude. I, I absolutely I hate love these them scenarios. because they make for great critical thinking. Yeah. I absolutely love these scenarios. See, I'm so torn, dude, because I love Renfro. I love Renfro. Dude. When we drafted him, I'm like, you're like, who's this guy? Who's this clown? I'm like, you're going to love this motherfucker if he actually develops, which to a point he is, 310 on base, slugging almost, you know, somewhere around 500. Like, I love watching Renfro go yard. I love that he hits the ball on his front foot and drives it 400 feet. Yeah. And that the Western Metal Building is basically his spot. I I feel like whichever one of those guys we get rid of, he's, they're going to go elsewhere and they're going to rake. And we're, we're always going to kick ourselves. And there's always going to be that argument, like, we're always going to look back in the rearview mirror and be like, well, damn, what if we would have kept Renfro instead and got rid of Reyes? That would have been much better. It's a very tough decision. It, it is. It's, it's a, a very tough it's decision. It's absolutely tough. But I think like, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. And I'm purely, going off, I'm purely going off of age. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, taking, <laughs> I'm taking Reyes. <laughs> I wish Conniff was here. Yeah. I do, too. So, but... That, that's the way, it's a simpleton way of looking at it, right? Like, who do you think is better, Reyes or Renfro? Whoever you choose. You got that guy. Okay, so who do you think is better between them and, you know, Myers? Well, if you think Myers is better than those other two guys, go. And Let then me, you stick Cordero in a corner, Machado goes and plays third, assuming they sign him. Yeah, assuming they sign him. I think long-term that, okay, let's say they sign Machado, right? And he's, they, they pay him a little bit more, and he's locked. They say, look, we want you to mentor Tatis. That's our future shortstop. Whatever, or maybe, fuck it, move Tatis to third if that's what it's going to fucking take. I'm all for that. I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. If It means he's going to come here and then suck defensively for a little while. And I think Tatis would do that too. Of, of course he would. He gets, to play next to, he gets to play next to that guy. Yeah. So let's say they do that, right? Okay, left side of the infield, Tatis, Machado, however it lines up. Urias in the, at second base. We already got Hosmer locked in. He's Mr. Launch Angle now, so now he's going to hit 30 dingers a year, <laughs> slugged 500 and bat 300. Great. Uh-huh. Excellent. Margot and Jankowski, you guys are the center fielders, however that plays out, whatever. So now you have to figure out, like, who am I going to run with? I'm looking at Cordero and thinking, he's got more tools than anybody. And then I'm thinking, okay, what else makes my team better? To me, an outfield of however you want to break out center field. I'm personally, I like Margot. I think you give him every opportunity to develop. I think he slumped this year and then kept getting benched, and he keeps getting benched. But to me, the be- assuming they sign Machado, the best team that the Potters can field outfield-wise, to me, would be... From right to left, Cordero, Margot, Myers. It would be better than any other combination where you'd swap out Myers for Renfro or Reyes. To me, mm. 
That's what I think would be the best team because now you've got Mejia, Margot, Tatis or Machado, Urias up the middle. You have Myers and Cordero on the corners. And then you also have Tatis and or Hosmer in the infield corners or Machado. Well, to but, me, that feels a better team than sub Myers out for Renfro and Reyes. Because to me, Myers is good now. And there's still upside for him to be better. Whereas, Meyer, whereas Reyes and Renfro, you're hoping that they continue to develop. I think Myers has a better, is better now as a just his base. Like what you can get out of him now, what you can rely on to get now. And then what could maybe get better. If you want to talk about lineup protection, to me... If you believe in lineup protection, adding Manny Machado in is going to make Will Myers better than it would make Hunter Renfro or Franmil Reyes. To me, Franmil yeah, Reyes and Hunter Renfro are the guys that you're going to try to pitch around Machado. I'm not backing lineup protection. I'm just saying, if you're going to say, okay, I'm going to bat Renfro or Reyes behind Machado, to me, they're going to want to attack Renfro and Reyes more than they want to attack Myers. Just because Myers has that background. Like you already know, he's got an established two or three year run where he's not excellent, but he's above average. And could be better. Whereas you're hoping for Renfro and Reyes to develop into above average. How about this scenario? And here's where I'm going to throw... I, I prefaced this before we started recording. So I'm going to throw a little flip-flop at you. Oh, great. Since that's my bet. We already threw one earlier, so this will be good. That's my bet. So, the closer I look at the numbers, the more the more that I'm looking over this. There's a scenario in, in next season where you only have to get rid of one of Reyes and Renfro. And that's starting Cordero in center field. Okay? So you put Myers in left, you have Franchi Cordero in center, and you have one of Reyes or Renfro in right. It's tough, dude. That It makes for a poor defensive outfield. But if you want to look at Maybe. offense and scoring runs, I think that's the best I think that's the best outfield that you can play. My only argument and is that... And that's where I'm flip-flopping, is, is putting Franchi... Like center. having to find a spot and putting him in center and kind of, kind of slowing down a Margot a little bit. If if Cordero to me Cordero if he could play center right like if he was the same defensive player or maybe not the same defensive player but if he was closer defensively than Margot who I mean if you look at there you can't argue with Statcast data I don't right. give a fuck what you say Statcast data is fine it tells you what you want to know it is as accurate as you're gonna get right. Is there anything there's no that, subjective formulas to give no, you the numbers. No, there's not, right? It's not defensive run saves. It's not an estimate. I mean, it's an estimate to a point, but it's about as accurate as you're going to get, right? So, so, so you're not going to have two or three different websites telling you the same exact stat, but they have a different correct, formula right? to it's get there. It's not F war, B war, mm-hmm. weighted runs, created plus, OPS plus. It's none of those things, Thank right? You. It's about as accurate as you're going to get. It's about as hard a data that you're going to get. So... If Cord- you know, we know that based on that, Margot is an excellent defensive center fielder. He's not the best, but he's up there. He's like top, I think last I checked, like top five, top ten defensive outfielders. Yeah, but he can't get on base, and when he does get on base, he can't run the bases that well. Sure. So this is the thing, is that if Cordero was like average defensive center fielder, you know, he's not going to be ten runs above average, fifteen runs above average. But if he's zero, five, yeah, i take him over Margot. I think he overall is a total player... If he can up the defense, he is a better long-term fit any position over Margot. It's just a matter that Margot's defense is so good now that he can still hold down a job and at least be replacement level or better. Whereas Cordero... His numbers are pretty atrocious. They are atrocious. I looked at him today. I know. I I look at him constantly and I get depressed. But I think because his defense is there, you give him a longer lease. Maybe he turns out he's just Juan Lagares. Maybe just an excellent defensive center fielder who, if you don't have anybody else out there, or you have a really potent lineup... You can hide him out there and bat him 7th or 8th. And occasionally you'll see that offensive uh, spark, right? Like Ligaris every now and then is like, wow! But for the most part, not so much. 
Or maybe he's Albert, maybe he turns into Albert Almora and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, he needs to play every day. But if I'm choosing raw talent, yeah, Cordero to me is, is maybe the better player, strictly because of the power. He already has the speed. He already has, you know, the, the glove maybe. Well, not the glove, but we know the bats there. It's more power than Margot. Maybe it's less contact, but power is sexy. Yeah. Power is like, it's instant offense. Yeah. Fucking homers are instant offense. Doubles, that's almost instant offense. As opposed to singles and ground ball, you know, infield singles. So, if his defense... Franchi can swipe you some bags, too. He can't. I think Margot could, too. He's just a poor base runner for yeah. some reason. But, if he can bring the defense up to be average and center, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going with him over Margot, strictly for that reason. It's tough, dude. It's tough, because this whole time... I feel like I've been very patient with Margot this year, but... It's just, it feels like it's not there. And, you know, he's he's still young. And at the same time, when, you know, because I've said in the past, like, hey, let's chill out on Renfro. We don't know what we have yet on Renfro. And then to, for me to be coming out and saying, oh, hey, let's go uh, Franchi instead of Margot. I, I get how that's hypocritical. But the upside for Cordero, if he can stay on the field, it's insane, dude. Like, imagine, imagine, uh, this this roster in no particular order as far as like this isn't batting order you have Mejia behind the plate you have Hosmer at first you have Urias at second you have one or two of Tatis and Machado on the left hand side and then in left you have Will Myers in center you have Franchi and in right pick uh, Fr- uh, Fran Mill or Hunter Renfro that's a good lineup dude you have on base guys like this team has not been getting on base for years yeah you have Urias you have Mejia guys that are gonna get on base Machado's gonna fucking get on base Mejia I don't know if it's on base but yeah I think he's gonna get on base Tatis we saw him spit on a filthy slider from Hunter Green in the Futures game his his play just these guys are gonna get on base and these guys are gonna score and they're they're, you've got an infield of 350 on bases they're gonna provide much more offense and then you look at the young pitchers like you look at the pitching staff where you have Knicks you have Lucchese Lucchese's been their best starter this year oh silently yeah and a he's, silent assassin he's a lock next year for the rotation so their rotation next year if you look at it you have Knicks you have uh you have Lucchese Knicks uh Lauer shit who else we have oh I'm next year someone, right? let's, yeah. let's just put it this way I know everybody loves Keith Law but the, re- the <laughs> I know this but in a chat and and the guys at Fangraph seem to agree Paddock is about ready. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they're going to have to put him on the on the. They have to. Also. So I like, honestly, and I said this about Lucchese last year. Like, I feel like Lucchese can crack spring. Right? I was right for once, yeah. finally. But because of the injury, yes. But he cracked it. But he was ready. Is yeah. what my is what I was True. saying. Whether True. or not he cracked it, you know, time service time. Which I'm is, I'm right there. If if you're if you're leading up to saying that Paddock is going to break camp yeah, next year, I I don't know. I'm, if I'm he'll not going to disagree camp. with that. I don't know if he'll break camp. I'm I, not going to disagree with it though. Is he ready to break camp? Absolutely. He's going to have a, uh, a strict innings limit, and we all know it. But guess what? We all That's know. where the opener comes in. True. <laughs> Nonetheless, I think they have a... Let's, let's look at what they could have next year, right? Number one, Matt fucking strong. God, he's been True. good. Yeah. So, but you I forgot have, about him. I don't even give a shit about Perdomo. We're going to talk about Brian Mitchell in a oh, second. Oh, Lamette. Lamette also. He's yeah. coming back from time Exactly. So th- this is what they have that could contribute next year, right off the bat. Right, already on the roster. Laura, Lucchese, Nix, Strong. Those four guys are getting innings next year. This isn't including their fucking Clayton likes. Richard's still going to be around, whether we like it I, or not. But I'm not going to mention him because hopefully not, and he just, you know, doesn't get healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, Strom, Lauer, Lucchese, Nix, right? Paddock is going to be ready next year. Quantrill's going to be ready next year. Allen's going to be ready next year. There's seven starters already. Baez and Morahone will probably be ready at some Towards point the next year. Yeah, maybe Baez maybe the second half. He's already in double A. True. Baez might be ready to begin. He's probably got a little bit more polish to work on than somebody like Imagine Patty. the September call-ups next that's year. That's nine fucking arms. And I know we're trying to cut the F-bonds, but that's nine arms that they have. All guys who are like 24 or younger 
if not even younger than that, if even 24. Nine guys that they can all plug in next year in some way, shape, or form to get innings out of everybody and to get them to the end of the season where you're not cutting guys off in September. It's almost like they have to do yeah. some sort Your of Your opener thing. idea is so great. Now, imagine this. Okay, we have Paddock on an innings limit. So you know what we're going to do? Robert Stock, every fifth day, you're going out those first two innings. Just blow out 100 every two innings. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? Just every, could fifth, you imagine? every fifth day, Holy you, hell. you're coming in. First six batters? They're yours. First two innings, first six outs, those are yours. So just go blow 100 for six batters. Do oh, that with him, do that yeah. with Castillo. Yeah, Castillo, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, it, and you'll still have Yates and Stammen. Both those guys have been studs. But then it's like, okay, okay, Stock. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Thinking, thinking about Stock just opening the yeah, game, just, just throwing come cheddar, Here dude. comes Robert Stock. Yeah. It's time for the old Stock Exchange. He's going to come in and throw <laughs> Ched for six batters at 100 miles an hour with a 90-mile-an-hour slider. And you go, And okay. here comes Eric Lauer. No, no. <laughs> God, guys would be so out in front. Yeah. They're going to do what they did to our good friend Billy when he pitched against a 50-year-old team. Yeah. That's more our speed. Yeah, totally. But just imagine, like, Stock goes out there. Okay, uh, we want Chris Paddock to get the win. So we're going to bring in our young 20-some-odd-year-old right-hand. It's number two stud. Yeah. Come on out here. You're the, you got the best stuff. Let's throw some 95 fastballs and change-ups through the sixth inning. And now it's time to go to Yates, Stammen, Castillo, Wick, uh, Wigginter, and whoever the hell else they got in there. Yeah. I mean, normally, and and I and it would work. I've always been the guy that's been resistant to that type of change. I have been, telling but in you this for situation years. with all those arms, damn, dude, like that—that's promising. You basically, you basically wipe out the pitching, the starting rotation, and you just have a one giant bullpen. And what do the Padres do well? Bullpens. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then you sit there, we and then you just go with, with those, Strong, just right? run with those guys. Dude. Strong I was the opener, that right? Idea. I love that idea. What if you make Strong the opener and say, look, every Okay, so you're going to want to limit innings on Paddock. I think that much is obvious. I don't think you're going to limit innings on Lauer Lucchese next. I think those guys are going to go 160, 180. Yeah, maybe Allen. So maybe you just say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Stock, either Stock or or, uh, Strom, or both. Say, okay, Stock, you're starting the first two, or even the first one. Paddock, you're coming in, you're going two through six. Strom, you're going seven, eight, and if we're at a big lead or whatnot, you're going nine, depending on your pitch count. If you just had those three guys... You can get 30 starts out of Paddock at five innings a pop, and he's only at 150 innings. Hey everybody, it's Phil Hughes of the San Diego Padres, and you're listening to the 5.5 Podcast. God, oof. I forgot about that guy. Thank you, Phil. We can bring back Phil Hughes also. Jesus Christ. What is he, what is he doing with himself? He always pops in and reminds us that he's there, dude. And I love Christ. it. Jesus Christ. I do too, but there's just no room for you anymore, Phil. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Maybe sorry. Phil can be like the bullpen coach. <laughs> I would love that. I might buy season tickets just to go see King Phil oh, God, in the bullpen. Dude. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, dude, I love that idea. I, I think we've we've solved next year already. already. I'm, re- I'm ready for it to be. Hire co-managers. And the thing is, it's just like, we know, like, odds are Padres are not going to get Machado. No. That's what the odds are. But, God, dude, they have the money. Like, it's never been more of a perfect fit for the Padres to literally bring in the best free agent in years. You know what I mean? Like, it's never been more it of a perfect It is the perfect fit. storm. It is. And it honest really is. to God. And I, and I know, like, yeah, I stood up for ownership for spending the money, but everybody since the dawn of the rumors, even before Dave Cameron came out with his free agent landmine article, it was never for Eric Hosmer being on this team. Just because it created more problems than it was worth, and not the good problem like with Machado where you got these young guys that now you can flip, right? It basically pushed a guy who wasn't any good anywhere else other than first to go be bad elsewhere, and then made a mess of things in the outfield. And you're now stifling a prospect in Naylor, who's probably also going to be ready next year. But the way I look at it is, if you get Machado now, like you're you're, you're sold on Hosmer. 
And Hosmer, to his credit, is accepting failure. Acceptance is the first key to recovery. I'm hitting the ball on the ground too much. Let me start hitting it in the air. Yeah, it was Cincinnati, but he still got to hit the damn ball in the air. True. It wasn't like he was hitting bombs in Colorado either. Yeah. So there's that there's that that moment of realization, that moment of clarity, where all of a sudden it's my front foot's there for looks. I'm hitting off the back foot, and now the power's coming. It's a perfect storm to get Machado now because he just fits in the direction the organization organization is going. You're getting another mid 20 something guy. This one's already in his prime. He's going to be in his prime longer than the guy you just signed last year in his late 20s. Oh yeah. At a premium defensive position whether it's shortstop or less but still premium third base, you have the payroll space to do it. You're going to be really cheap for the next 4 to 5 years and now you're creating this window of 4 to 5 years where you have all these young core guys on the cheap with these two or three if they keep Myers guys who are only going to realistically cost combined at peak $75 million. When I and think, that's generous. Yeah, and that's generous. I think you know Myers and, and, and Hosmer at the most in any given year are going to cost $44 million. Right. You can give Machado fucking 35 and you're still not going to clear a combined 80 And you still have 70 to $80 million to spend because what's the, I think you said the average payroll is like 150 now, right? Uh, probably next year, around next year, it'll probably <laughs> be around 150 I, okay. I want to say it's, it's one. So you still have $80 million right with all these, like those yeah. nine young arms we mentioned. Imagine that. Yeah. Plus, Mackenzie Gore is probably going to be ready in like two and a half years. So Patino as well. Yeah, Patino as well. And then you got Munoz coming up in the bullpen to join Wigginter and, and Stockton. Oh, good lord. Who throws hard? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting choked up here. Who th- <laughs> and who throws harder, Bob? Yeah. So God, you have man. all this talent coming in at the right time. We said it last year when they were pursuing uh, Hosmer. Great. I'm glad they're spending money, but it's just not the right time. Now is the right time. Speaking of the right time, let's go ahead and end the show. Let's talk about Brian Mitchell. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, uh, let's scrap Mitchell. I don't give a shit about Mitchell because he fits in nowhere. No, he, he doesn't. He fits in nowhere. Like, I'm actually, really excited about the future. We talked about the opener and whatnot because he doesn't fit at all. I'm really excited about the future and Mitchell brings nothing. What What I want to ask you about, if we bring, we talked about the log jams and everything. Naylor's gone. Like if, if Machado comes in, right? Naylor's gone. He has to be gone. There's no other. There's no Flip other choice. Flipping for Thor. He's gone. <laughs> uh, Naylor's gone. Let's let's kind of talk about what uh, what some uh, trade chips would be. Hudson Potts a pretty attractive trade piece. Here. Oh God, I He's forgot about very, Hudson Potts. Hudson very Potts, excuse me. Attractive uh, trade. He's piece. a twenty year old, nineteen or twenty. 19. 19-year-old in double, double He was scuffling, but, I mean, it's a big jump, right? It's a big jump. He's not Tatis. He handled himself well. I think he had a very good season. ESPN, Keith Law. Fan graphs. I just like to drop it in there and piss you off. But the the scouting guys, right? The guys who, who get paid to do this stuff, to write these articles. Oh, and by the way, I already know what's going to happen now. Probably tomorrow when we listen to it or the next day, we're going to get a message from Conniff. Disagree with Eric about trading Potts. <laughs> you know that's coming. I feel like Conniff is basically like Potts' stepdad at this you know- point. <laughs> Don't you guys can't talk about my son that way. He's going to revoke our, our, uh, you our know it's uh, coming. Subscri- uh, subscriptions. You know it's coming, dude. But, but he's, he's If they sign piece. Machado, there's not, I mean, there's you can package him. You can package Naylor. You can maybe package Quantrill. I know, and we've talked to Kevin, um, and we've talked to Conniff, and we all agree, like, they have a lot of pitching depth, but it'd be nice to have a controllable young starter. I don't think they're going to be able to get DeGrom or Syndergaard with Naylor because they have enough first baseman. Yeah, there. but if you package Naylor, you package Potts, you package I don't think Quantrill. they can take Naylor because they well, already have two first. But, I mean, the, the idea you, is there, you, right? You know what I mean. Yeah, the idea is there. You go target a team that has a starting pitcher under control for two or three more years, and you just flood these guys into that into that system. I wouldn't mind uh, Jose Barrios. I've always liked him from the Twins. Yeah, that's an, and that, he's fucking super cheap right now, right? And the Twins get a starting first baseman they don't currently have, as far as I know, other than Sano. Who I don't know if they're still trying to play at third or the outfield or DH. 
But and then they get a starting pitcher or two, and they get a starting third baseman in Potts. But yeah, Hudson Potts is making a name for himself. It sounds like he's going to be moved into the top 100 in both Keep Law and Fangraphs. Eric uh, Loggenhagen and uh, um, I think it's uh, I forget his name, Kylie something. He's the former Kylie Daniel. Kylie Daniel. There you go. Those guys are looking at him every time they're asked. Yeah, he's a he's a legit prospect. There's a lot to like about this young man. So I think you're right. They signed Machado. That just creates more trade chips, and then maybe they can go out and get a burial. Or maybe they can go out and get, you know, I don't know. Give me a stud pitcher on a team that sucks. Who knows? And who you, cares, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you get the gist. Yeah. You get the gist. Yeah. I Like, if you want to trade, trading, and this has nothing to do with the, uh, hey, guys, let's send, now that we have Mejia, let's send him plus for Chris Archer. James That's Shields not it. part two? That's not it. That's How not is it. he doing, I wonder? I'm not going to say it on air. I'm just curious. That's now. it. You know, what, what I'm looking at is... You have the pieces to where you can not only bring in a, the the premium free agent in Machado because you have the financial resources, but then bringing him in that just adds to your chips, your trade chips that you have to have these nice trade chips to bring in a premium front of the line starter. So it makes sense on so many levels for the Padres to bring in Machado, which is why they're not going to do it. <laughs> they're not going to do it because it makes way too much sense. Well, it's not like they're he not willing to spend. He fits perfectly. He does. He, he fits perfectly. So you know what? They're not going to do it for that very reason. And you know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. Believe me. Everybody knows it. <laughs> Everybody knows it. It's not going to happen. You know what? I, I have some faith because it made sense to trade Kimbrell and they traded him. Right? It made sense to do that. It made sense. Yeah, to but tra- trading him they have- saved them money. True, but they ate a lot of money. It made sense to do what they did to tear down, and they ate a lot of money to do yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, they ate a lot of money. But look at their payroll. Look at their payroll. You know I think I mean? you could convince. Great, great. They, they paid a lot in overage bonuses for um, the July. Those here's, here's my argument. International spending. Here's, great, they did that. Here's look, my defense look at their payroll. Of, the, of the front office. Yeah, look at their payroll. This front office is not afraid to spend. They're not afraid to eat money, that's for sure. They're not afraid to spend money. We've seen that with both you know, Hosmer taking on dead money, uh, to get better prospects, taking on, um, you know, I mean, they went out and they, they did sign James Shields. It was a bad deal in the end, but they got Tatis out of it. And they ate a lot of that money to get that player. I think you can pitch. I think if you and I went in a room and sat down Uncle Ron and went over all the logistics of why this makes sense, and we got him hyped on how this could be like a four or five-year window, I'd be like, look, Uncle Ron, look at the Astros. Like, they didn't go out and make a splash. Like, our farm system might be every bit as good or better than theirs was when they first started to really turn it around that first year that they made the playoffs. Imagine what we could do, but add Manny Machado to it and how much sooner things would turn around. Yeah. I think if you can sit Fowler down, you can rile him up enough to really say, fuck it, spend the money. Sidler too. Sidler Sidler's, too. It's Sidler's money. It is. Let's be honest. It's Sidler's it, it money. It is. But you, you know, Ron, I see him on the boardwalk all the time. I'll, I'll stop him next he time. He pops up on my Facebook people does. you might know. Yeah, he does. I'm going to yeah. add him one he, of these days. He's got a picture of that dog on yeah, there. With the, uh, with the camo hat? Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What a good boy. Yeah. A good boy. But I think you can convince him because... Unlike the preview, you know, more out with the payroll is going to start with the a four. pick a number my daughter can count to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you had uh, Moore's who was, what's the most I can spend without spending a lot and right. still feel this 80-win team at base? I think with this ownership, if you tell them, look, if we spent, like we spent on Hosmer, right? Like he's hopefully going to turn it around. Now is the time to do it. I think you can convince them. They did splurge on Myers. They need to give him that deal. They did splurge on Myers. They splurged on Shield. They splurged on Hosmer. You know, they splurged in the international signs. They ate a lot of Matt Kemp's fucking contract to get him out of here. And what then they ate Oliveira. I think they're willing to spend if it makes sense. And I think you because it made sense to do that from a base financially, no, it made no sense. Because you're you're basically eating all this money, you're not getting anything out of it right now. 
But it made sense from a baseball standpoint for them to do that. The reason the Padres have turned their system around so quickly is because they were willing to make that financial commitment to do it. Even though they weren't spending money technically on these draft prospects and the players they're getting in trades in terms of taking on salary, they're willing to keep salary to get them. They made financial investments in themselves. I think you can convince them to go ahead and make a financial investment in Machado if you tell them, if we get this guy, Hosmer, if you think he moves up the window, Machado's on another level. Hosmer's an above-average player who's a borderline all-star. And I feel like that's never even been a question about whether or not he's... Like, right with, with Hosmer, you had like, hey, man, every other year he kind of kind of falls off. Machado yeah. doesn't. No, Machado, Machado had doesn't. a bad first half last year, and I think he still put up like a well-above-average year yeah. last year. So I think you can convince them and say, like, if you thought Hosmer like changed the culture here and got the fan base riled up, and, I mean, I don't know if it led to, to higher ticket sales or anything, but... I would just tell him, like, look what 2015 did for this for this fan. Like, we had season, you know, we had higher season ticket sales, we had higher attendance. The fans were still in it, even when they were scuffling to try to get around. This town responds to winning. Yeah, it we does. all know that. It not only responds to winning, it and responds, Machado wins. It responds to moves towards winning. Yeah, the average Padre fan, my mom is not going to get excited that they spent 22 million dollars to sign more home. They signed Manny Machado and they show highlights of him and like he was on the Dodgers, he was the top trade piece in the you know at the All Star break. He's an All Star. He's 26. Like yeah, people like my mom, people who will go spend hard-earned money if they're good, mm-hmm. will get excited if they sign him. You want to talk about changing the culture because that's what they want to do. That's why they signed Hosmer, right? They want to change the culture. You sign Machado and it's 2015 all over again. Except this time we're not spending a ton of money on washed-up vets. We have guys in their 20s who are already good now. Plus, you have a flood of talent coming in in the next two or three years that could legitimately make you a contender. They sign Machado next year with their pitching, depending on how they handle it, adding an above-average all-star caliber position player. All of a sudden, now you can think you squint hard enough and you think, hey, if Arias, Mejia, and Tatis, they develop, you squint hard enough, you might see a 500 or better team. Yeah. You know, part of me... I think... Look at him Machado now. Jesus Christ, he's oh, yeah. so good. Dude, it's, it's insane. That's <laughs> why if he wants to play he's short... So good. Hey, guy, you can play short. Like, he's so good. We'll clear the entire left side of the infield for you. Yeah, but... you want it to yourself? We'll just put everybody in the shift. Yeah, like that's that's cool. Okay, scuffling for the Dodgers, slugging 480. <laughs> I, dude, personally, I'll, I'll say I think if they bring in Machado, I think they're going to be competing for the playoffs. I think they're a wild card contender at least. Yeah. I think, I think it makes them as good or better than the I think he moves up the window that that much. Yeah. You're talking about the, and, the pitching is question mark because you don't know how the young pitching is going to hold up. No, but you can season. work if they can get but creative the other, with the it. other pieces and everything around them. The Rays have one stud pitcher. And There's a guy Snell. Maybe yeah. Padres can trade for Snell. They're not going to trade for him because they're you they, never know. They're in that window of opportunity. Maybe we trade Renfro and Hedges for him. But the Jesus Christ. Uh, He's like Cole Hamels, right? Yeah. Um, the Padres are in a window now. I mean, we could have gotten Archer for those guys. Yeah. But the Padres are at a point now. And, and it doesn't work in a vacuum this way, right? This is technically. But even if you put Machado at third over Myers, instant, I think, five-game swing. Instant five-game swing. You put basically Machado in place of anybody, he could probably play center field and it'd be an instant two two to five-game swing. Even though he's never played it before, right. as far as we I, know. I get your point. Yeah. yeah. So you put him on this team, all of a sudden a team that's probably going to win 65 to 69 games. Nice. All of a sudden, like, hey, man, they you, you squint hard enough, some development comes, they get creative with the pitching. The Rays are going to win 90 games, they're not going to make the playoffs, they have one good pitcher. Yeah. And they bullpen the rest. They basically duct tape their rotation and got creative and they're going to win 90 games. You mean to tell me the Padres couldn't adopt a similar feature with better overall talent? Like like I said, Robert Stock, first inning or two, go out there and have at it, baby. Yeah. Well, hey, Castillo, you want to you start? <laughs> go out there and have at Dude, it. Dude, that gets that gets me 
very very excited very excited yeah. very excited like indeed. you're men- you're mentioning the casual fan i'm just i'm imagining a bunch of old white people putting their hawaiian t-shirts into the closet <laughs> and, vests for and, visors. and then pulling out a padre jersey and slowly buttoning it up this is all a hype video that i'm working yeah, and then you see them slowly take off their Titleist visor and, and put it put it down. Pull out an old 1998 giveaway. Yeah, and then they put on their Padre hat. It's it's happening, dude. They put on the old Channel 4 Padre hat giveaway. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen, man. So, it is. You're going to rile the city up, and the city's going to respond in jest. Because they're all we kind. have. They're all we have. Like, we can, yeah, sure. Like, let's let's get amped about the goals and the seals and the, the Aztecs, whatever, right? The Padres are all that this town has. They are. As far as professional sports... That's, that's and San awesome. Diego loves their Padres. They voted to get the damn stadium. They voted for the stadium to keep the team here. Why? Because they were winning at the time. Well, they did. You know what but, I mean? but even then, I think that... The, that just shows you that they love winners. The Chargers haven't done jack shit, and this city is fucking butthurt that they left. Yeah. I mean, they are they are brokenhearted Really, that they them left. leaving saved us a lot of heartache on Sundays. It really a did. A lot. It really did. It, I haven't been mad on... Well, I was pissed off this Sunday because I had a few strikeouts. For but, some adult league follies. Yeah, but for like football reasons, I haven't been mad in like two years yeah. on a Sunday, and it's been amazing. It, absolutely, but, but the, even when they were losing... The city cares. The city still cares, but they still get decent turnout. I have to look rank wise, but I feel like their attendance isn't that bad considering their record for Padres. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd ha- I, I guess I'm sure somebody will be able. If, if you can find it, go ahead and at me on Twitter at five point five Dan. If you can find how they rank attendance wise compared to the, you know any other team, I'd be interested to see because I feel like are you interested enough to break your Twitter sabbatical? For Absolutely. It? If you Who are me, you, I'll Mickey break Coke. It. Uh, are you Mickey Coco? Oh, I'm thinking sabbatical. I don't have the... Uh, it's not like I purposely did it. I just lost interest, so yeah. I stopped following. Yeah. I will go on there occasionally to see like uh, the game recaps and stuff. But I'd be interested. But I feel like the fans that are there, like they're passionate. They love the Potters. They, yeah. they cheer. I mean, when Urias got a home run in a day game, the crowd popped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the crowd popped for a home run to right field, and there was like... I felt like there was nobody there. We know Ryan Cohen was there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he popped. Our main man, Bobby Cressy, was yeah, there. Of course he was. Yeah. He was tearing it up on the old organ. Yep. I wonder if that's the first time anybody said... I was tearing said, it up on my organ right there on the couch, dude. Uh, that was a game I... Okay. Okay. The Potters... San Diego loves their Potters. I think we're going to end it on that. Yeah. We'll end it on that. So Jesus. Um, yeah. I, I feel like this this episode turned out better than I thought it would. So, yeah. Um, Remember, I didn't want a podcast today. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't. So... Uh, yeah, you know, we kind of talked about a lot of people skipping, a lot of people not doing any pods whatsoever, like the long absence. Uh, we're not doing a pod next week. <laughs> I think we mentioned that the last time we said we were just going to go to every other week to finish the season, but we won't put any spoils out there now. We are working on we're, something pretty special, we think. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know I don't know about special. Well, not special, but something something bigger than usual. <laughs> Let's go with that. Let's just say our, our last show, it's going to be on Like what? Eric gives it's, his wife false hope. We're hoping it's bigger than usual. It's, it's going to be on uh, October 1st is going to be our last show on, on that Monday. It'll be our last podcast for the year, and, and I'm working on a few things. And if it comes together, I think it's going to be pretty fun, but we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. And until then, uh, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Sorry for the delay. Sorry you don't have anything to listen to in the DMV. Sorry, Leisure Fryer, that you don't have a companion Padre podcast. But we appreciate you coming back to us. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We're out of here. Bye, 3K Eric. And all my rowdy friends have settled down. Thank you.